Welcome back to episode 203 of Your Mystery Starts here with me, Neil Martin, my good friend, Mr. Nigel Risner, and me sharing the story I promised I'd share last week. And so I probably should share that story, shouldn't I? Given that I said I was going to. And it, would be, it would be good if you did. Yeah, I, I don't think I can drag it out for another episode teasing it. I'm, I'm, I know that much for, for a fact. So here's the thing, right? I um, For anyone that's listened to this and, you know, hasn't seen it on social media or something like that, um, I recently took a little bit of a shift in terms of the way that I'm doing some things by joining the world's largest business coaching organization. Okay, so organization called Action Coach. We are in 88 countries. We coach over 20,000 businesses a week. And the more I found out about this organization, the more I thought, you know what? This feels like a really good fit for me. But the question is, why? Why did it feel like the right fit for me? And this is the bit that I didn't even realize until I'd already agreed to get involved with working inside Action Coach. Okay, what do you think it is? Do you know? Close to home, one thing. Yep. Coaching you love doing. Yep. Uh, a, a, a backing of something that would give you some stability and or... None of that. Realize, you finally realise that coaching is your passion. Well, so it's none of that. Everything okay. you've said has got some truth in it, but it's not that. Okay. When I was um, when I was a little kid, okay, my dad worked in Southampton Docks. He was a stevedore, a docker. Yeah, most of my family worked in Southampton Docks. And what do you think when I was a little kid, I thought I'd grow up to do? Be a docker. Be a docker. Work in Southampton Docks. Work with my dad. Work with my uncles. Work with my family, right? And then during the 80s, there was all kinds of redundancy and stuff like that going on in those sectors. And my dad took a voluntary redundancy when I was about eight or nine years old and started his own business. And um, that business kind of metamorphosized a couple of times. You know, what he started as and what he became wasn't quite the same thing. But he built this business and his business is going really well. And then he's spending more and more time at work. Because what happened in the late 80s, early 90s? The country went into a deep recession, right? Yeah, yeah. And so my dad is working more and more hours trying to save this business. And the impact of him working more and more hours trying to save this business and being away from the home actually resulted in the breakdown of the marriage with my mum. And then, through no fault of his own, actually had the, 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 the collapse of his business as well. So, you know, we get to, I think it was 1988. I think it was 1988 that my dad had two companies go out of business. 88, 89, that kind of time. I had two companies going out of business, one of which was a PLC, owing him a significant amount of money. And although he had loads of work on the books, guess what he didn't have? The finances to be able to actually deliver that work. And because of the, the economic climate at the time, it was really hard to raise those finances, and he lost his business. Now, bear in mind, at this point, he's no longer living in our family home. What do you think the security was on his loans? That family home that, that family you, he wasn't living in, where that, you were. That family home. So me, my mum, my brother no longer have our home. Now, I should point out, I always had an amazing relationship with my dad, even though there was a breakdown of the marriage and stuff like that. You know, he was still my dad, right? He was still a great dad to me. Um, but I kind of went through that, seeing the impact of not having the right education of how to build and run a business. And I've never connected all these dots before. 
that that actually played such a big part. But it gets, it, it continues from there because, you know, dad got back on his feet, started another company, built a, built a significant business, actually bigger than the first one, you know? Um, and towards the end of 1997, early 1998, it was kind of around the Christmas time. I remember having conversations with him where he told me the kind of valuations that were on the table and, you know, some of the people that were making inquiries about buying him out. And he basically said to me, another year. And it was a bit like that, you know, that Del Boy Rodney moment of this time next year we'll be millionaires, you know. But it was genuine and it was there and you could see it. He said, another year and the valuation will be you know, even more significant. I'm going to run it for another year and I'm going to sell. I got married in February 1998. My dad passed away on the 5th of April of 1998 at the age of 50. And on my wedding day, I didn't know he was sick. Because he worked so many hours trying to build that business. The balance was wrong. You know, and and for me, and I know not everyone would agree with what I'm about to say here, but for me, the, the way my dad was living his life is ultimately what took his life away. Okay. Yeah. 50 years old, dies from cancer. You know, and I lost my dad more than once because I lost him. I lost my dad when he was working all those hours and then was no longer in our family home. And then I lost him again. And it took me, well, actually, I was going to say it took me years to come to terms with that. Sometimes I still don't think I have, not fully. You know, and it's been many, you know, I've had more of my life without my dad in it than I had with him in it. You know, but the impact is still there. And it's made me realize that what I do and, you do similar, right? What I do with coaching people and with helping people and with educating people and sharing the experiences I've had and and sharing collective wisdom and the things I've learned and the things that other people have done stops other families going through that. So all the stuff I did with Natural Juice Junkie, all the stuff I did with like my health transformation, that was a part of that. And the stuff I'm doing now, doing more and more around like business coaching and business training, that's part of that too. It's it's helping people have the that that foundation in their life that says there's another way of doing things that most of us miss because we're so in the weeds. We need someone to pull those weeds out and help us, you know. And ironically, uh, I only said yesterday to one of my clients, "Are you in business or busyness?" Yeah, on, on that exact thing that we were talking about, he was very busy. Yeah, said, yeah but are you in business? But yeah, exactly. But what are you doing? You're doing the right things. You know, you're doing the things that are going to make an impact. Are you doing, you're doing the things you should be doing or the things you should be paying someone else to, you know, are you building a business that you, that, that, and this is one of the big things for me and my dad, right? When my, when my dad passed away, this business that had this big valuation on it was suddenly worth nothing because it didn't run without him. And are you building a business that will continue to exist without you, that will have legacy that you, you know, that you could sell or your family could sell, for example, or are you building something where actually without you in it, there's nothing there. Yeah. You know, and it's sometimes it's that wake up call. It's that realization. And and literally I heard somebody else telling their story about going through bankruptcy when they were a child and seeing it in their family. And I went, Oh crap. That's me. Yeah. But I'd never, you know, I obviously knew all the things that happened. I just never connected the dots the way that I've connected them now. Yeah, I never really understood why 
for the last however many years I've been standing on stage, you know, talking to business owners or I've been working one-to-one with business owners or in groups or what, I've never understood why I felt so passionate about it until now. I felt passionate about it. It's been there. I just didn't know what the driver was. It's interesting. I worked with a client about 10 years ago and he has to keep a million pounds in his bank account <laughs> as a company, okay? Not 999,000. Why? Why? Because he watched his parents' house get repossessed yep. when he was a young kid. And and his bottom line story now is to avoid that ever happening. So, you know, there's been opportunities to buy the companies or do other stuff, yep. but he has to have a million pounds in the bank. He has to have the cash, yep. And, and it's, for him, it's such a noose around his neck and so, you know, people may want a pay rise. Yep. And if it took him under that one pound mark for that month, he'd say no. Yep. I mean, he'll earn another 500,000 next month, but. Yep. In but he just can't moment, do it. He just can't do it. He's got yeah, that barrier. People's stories are so ingrained. And if people don't understand the power of a story and why it's where it is, you know, I, I'm not saying everyone needs to be in therapy, but everyone needs to be in therapy. Yep. You know, everyone needs some sort of coach. They need a voice where they can share without being judged. Yep. The reason why you and I love doing this is that we share. Yep. Often I share a few more words than most. Um, <laughs> no, you don't say more than me. Of who's doing more words because it's about love and respect oh. for our audience. But for lots of people, they don't have that vehicle to share what's going on. At a, remember my line? you know, tell the total truth faster. Yep. They share some of it, but don't get really to the bottom line. And now you've looked at your story and you share it with your other half and you share it with your kids. And then you say, you need to remind me occasionally that, you know, that you want my presence more than presence, which we've spoken about before. Christmas is coming up. I mean, I've already seen, you know, the Amazon Prime Day sales. People are getting busy with all these presents. Yep. And, and some of them won't be there to make teams to watch them open them. Yep. Yep. Yeah. It, you know, the big thing is remember what's important in your life. Think about how you show up for what's important in your life. Think about how you, you know, connect all of those different bits. And, and it might be sometimes it has to go off balance to make it more imbalanced longer term. You know, the example you just gave of a certain amount of money in a bank account. Sometimes, you know, you got to go beyond below that to get it above that. Right. You know, sometimes we have to let go of, of our expectations in order to get what we really want. And that can be hard because if we've got this really fixed view of what the world's supposed to look like, to go, actually, I'm, I'm going to relinquish all of the control here and have some faith. Like that, that's hard for a lot of people to do. But you know it's what? Fine. But you know what? I, the one thing I would say, and I've said this to a lot of people over the years, the less I try to control things, the more in control I feel. It's a massive paradox. And unless you've experienced it, you probably don't understand it. And that's, again, that's not me trying to say I'm anything special to anyone else. But the day you feel complete powerlessness, the day you feel complete powerlessness with something and you you accept it and you let it go, that's the day you realize you were never in control anyway. And you'll feel like you've got more control of your life than you ever had before. And and I can't explain it other than the way I just did. And beautifully said, and I think we should end it there. Okay, let's do that. And we'll see you next week for another episode of Your Best Year Starts Here. Your best year.